0: April ninth, two thousand eighteen, a Sawat for Pedro show. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Off for our show. It's a Monday. It's kind of strange doing one right after the other, but it's the way that this hand got dealt to me, so that's how I'm playing it. Uh, started off with uh, John Coltrane with Miles Davis on the last tour they did together in Europe, uh, 1960, Olio, and then we heard uh, "Easy Way Out" from uh, Ghost. Because I'm not uh, Brother Matt's not with me. I'm in my own pad, but not completely alone. Do the Magic of the People in Estonia, who developed this Skype software. I'm talking to Ruby Boots in Nashville, Tennessee. Hello there. Okay, welcome aboard. (laughs) Can you tell me your uh, earliest musical
1: recollection? My earliest musical recollection uh, would have had to have been uh, more than likely... My mum used to do this funny clicking sound with her tongue to a Beatles songs in the car. Um, back then, when I, I it was my mum's funny clicking sound was more memorable than the actual Beatles song. I was so young, you know. <laughs> this was in Perth. Yeah, this was in Perth. I mean, I was still in primary school. I'm not sure what you call that here. The, the early grade school. What what is it, sir? Grade
0: school. Like first grade, yeah. second grade, Grade
1: school. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So around that time, I used to remember driving home from school. Mum used to put the Beatles on, and 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 from there, she was obsessed with Elvis. So it wasn't a bad place to start.
0: No, no, not at all. I, I'm. I always ask people that because I'm curious. Everybody has their own journey through music. You know, not no two are the same. Now, now, uh, was your ma just a listener, or did she do music too? Did she sing? Did she play?
1: She just made that funny clicking sound. She was a clicker.
0: Okay. Was
1: that's clicker about as musical car. as she got.
0: No, but that's okay. What about at the pad? Was there any instruments like piano or guitar?
1: Uh, No, no, there wasn't. I okay. started playing. I do remember playing clarinet uh, in school? around the age of maybe 12, but very short lived. In um, school? Yeah, a little bit in school, but I didn't really stay in one school for very long. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, can you remember
0: the first record that you bought?
1: The first record that I bought was Nirvana's Unplugged
0: record. Okay. Mm. And do you remember the first gig you went to?
1: I we had a festival back at home. I think that the main—I mean—I went to a lot of local shows. Uh,
0: do you remember the first
1: one? Yeah, this, this stoner band called Green Room uh, at this, I used to live by the beach in Western Australia, and, and I'd just go and see them every week. I was so obsessed with them, and they had this one song called Smoke the Rent, and I just <laughs> really loved it.
0: <laughs> okay. How old were you?
1: I was too young to be going into those venues. Yeah, because
0: I was wondering okay. if there was an age limit or something, because of liquor or something.
1: <laughs> But my sister uh, was much older than me and she she managed to get me in. I was I was definitely under under eighteen. Okay. But I didn't really go and see a lot of shows as a young young teenager. Um but I was just about hitting eighteen I think at that
2: point. Well I I
0: gotta tell the listeners, Perth is about a thousand miles from another big city. <laughs> it's kinda isolated.
1: Well Perth is actually the most isolated city in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe not a lot of bands coming through. Now, I played like there three men. times, but it was because of, uh, no, four times, actually. Three to, three of the times was because of the Big Day Out Festival.
1: Well, that was what I was going to talk about. Aside from the local gig, I was going to say, actually, the Big Day Out was my first kind of show that I'd been to, and, and I saw a plethora of bands, bands that day. Uh, I think Prodigy were headlining that year. Okay. How did you get
0: into playing music then, making music?
1: Well, uh, after a kind of tumultuous uh, period through my teenage life, I ended up hitching on a truck and uh, heading up the coast of West Australia, which is really the longest stretch of coast that you'll, uh, you'll be able to travel in one state in Australia. We drove straight through from Perth, West Australia, up to Broome, and it took us 32 hours non-stop uh, with two drivers swapping back and forth, and I just got stuck in that passenger seat for 32 hours. And, Jesus Christ. And I ended up uh, working working bars for a little while and then finally managed to get a job out at sea on some pearling farms, And uh, and I started teaching myself guitar whilst I was working out at sea
0: like kind yeah. of a hobby thing.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I remember hearing this band called The Wafes. They're a West Australian band. They, they've toured all over the world. And, and I just remember hearing this voice coming from one of the rooms and, and going and knocking on the door and asking who it was. And, and I just was determined to learn all their songs. And I actually learned to play guitar through their early records.
0: Who had the records? One of the crewmen?
1: One one of the my my peers my, my that worked on the boats with me and I went out immediately and bought all of their early albums and just learnt them from back to front.
0: And they're called the Wives? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the ocean.
1: No. Right, what? the waves
0: on the ocean.
1: No, W A I F for Frank.
0: Oh, F- waves,
1: waves. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, waif is like a little a, a beggar girl or something. Beggar boy.
1: Something like that. A ch-
0: child that's begging, like a uh, Charles Dickens story. Okay, wait.
1: Yeah. You got it. Wait.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's why spelling's important sometimes. Because uh, sounds are uh, trippy. You know what? I want to play uh, somebody else here.
2: the world without becoming a playful child close to my heart. I would feel myself falling into an endless black pit, unable to count the days or even remember the ones I wasted, trying to distance myself from her damage. I assumed guilt and denial and cut myself off from the path of light. No, no, I cannot let this spell the pattern of the end. Let not this black gloom shatter my days and prevent me from reaching out to her. As a young man, I ran. Now I am too old to run. Life is not senseless rebellion, it is growing lar- large in the light and dust of eternity, where we take our place, treasured objects on a windowsill, subsumed within the essence of time, where on an endless spring day we will speak together with love, innocent and eloquent, drawing with a sober pride from the well of wisdom, close to each other, nurturing a, nurturing a calm, quiet joy that touches the earth, now and then, bringing forth a sea of life, it blooms and explodes and forth... From it we spring that mantle, but tortured under chains we fought and anguish at the lack of reason, at the fear that would destroy us. Brutal, arrogant, uncaring forces arrayed against us, separating us, but we breathe life, pushed into form, heaven sent to each one of us. The breath of love, life, stripped of all else, is what she brought to me. It calms my spirit, reminding me of her, living close and needing like I do. We cannot be torn from a relentless world. We cannot... We have given it life, our life. If my mom left the world without our souls merging again, apart, parting we would die, just to rush to catch up with her. We rush to lift her away from the scorn. Hold on not to evil, but we would push it away from us. I would push her to the light, dusty light, where we would spread among the stars, and we become the gentle night, and give ourselves to others. I cannot let her go unacknowledged. I have glimpsed the pit, and cannot be falling there. We will return as children from life's lessons. Love would be our essence that gives sweetness to our breath teaching us as we are precious as
0: Of cell phone crazed marijuana smoking zombies.
3: People, People are hard. Ask easier questions. The spell is cold. Packing it's the But not, not just, just shopping. More like a hobby.
4: dead We'll send them packing. The dead song, dead. music in boxes.
5: Must dinner with Start off autumn if it's
6: But don't mess it up this time Don't break my heart twice I can see the cool blue light Burning in the midnight rain Been going from town to town Trying to put out that old flame Sometimes it's hard to live When the heart you got away with words. So here we are again. Take these tears from my eyes. Let's
0: from Pedro Show, we heard uh, somebody else from Ruby Boots from her new record on uh, Bloodshot. In fact, uh, Josh let me know about this, because uh, not only are the waifs new to me, Ruby Boots is pretty new to me, but I really dig it. Now we heard Joe Brewer with a poem of his about his ma. If My ma left the world, and he fucking didn't realize it was the end of the tape, and the tape ran out, so we don't get the whole poem, but there's a good gist of it there. Then Plutonium Farmers with Welcome to Where, Where. God by Voices, Pack in the Dead Zone. Bertram Turetsky and Damon Smith doing North True, something live. That's two uh, stand up basses there. Uh, the Dicks, great band. Um, uh, Gary Floyd, incredible singer. Uh, Legacy of Man. Harry Reeve, solo bass there. He's an English guy who lives up in Glasgow. Uh, yesterday's Bread. And finally, Ruby Boots with Break My Heart twice. Okay, so where we left off was you're learning guitar on the boat after hearing the waves. You want to learn all their songs.
1: The I boat. learned all of their songs on, on out at sea. It was right. the thing that kept me pretty sane. And then, you know, I, I eventually, like the work out there was really, really tough, man. It was, it was pretty back-breaking stuff, and we were heavy lifting 10 hours a day, so I eventually uh, hurt my back pretty badly and decided oh. to take off to London in the UK, you know, and so I just went out busking out there.
0: Oh, so you start kind of, yeah, doing sidewalk gigs.
1: Yeah. So those are
0: your first gigs, okay. And, yeah. And what, what, what is it, like waif covers?
1: I was literally because I'm very good friends with them now, and actually, we, you know, we've got we've got songs on each other's records now, but that okay. we've written all to, that we've written together. But um, I, I kind of joke with them now that I I've, I've got used to get paid for uh, I used to rip them off and get paid for singing their songs. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> okay, so you started yeah okay doing, but you must have started writing your own tunes around then too, right?
1: Well, I was actually writing my own song six months after I picked up the guitar and learned three or four chords, so... Oh, well, how how long were you at sea before you hurt your back? Uh, I was out at sea for three years, and I probably started learning guitar about halfway in.
0: Okay, okay. So, so you hurt your back, you go to London, you're playing on the streets. After only like a year and a half of, of uh, like, uh, solo prac... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was
1: out there because I've got a pretty loud voice, so I think, you know, I think that was like my secret weapon in my head at the time. I was like, well, I can cut through the noise, you know. Yeah, where did
0: you put yourself? Because some people they put themselves in the in the tube in the hallway of the underground. Some people mostly
1: in the under in the tubes, yeah. Okay. But I kind of had being a a, a sand groper living, you know, right near the beach. Yeah. They called West Australian Sand Gropers back at home. And I kind of headed toward the coast down south of England uh, after traveling and working all through Europe and then just started busking in the streets down in those small towns right by the coast. And,
0: what do you mean, like uh, Brighton? Huh? Brighton?
1: Yeah, I was down, Brighton was one of them, but I was way further down uh, in Newquay and around that kind of area, Uh, right at the bottom of England. You could stand at the very furthest point of England, but uh, uh, I would I thought that was the Isle of Man.
0: No, 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 Uh, the Isle of Wight. I thought that was the Isle of Wight.
1: Yeah, that might be a little further up.
0: Somebody's told me that was the most south part, but whatever. Yeah, right. (laughs) Isle of Man is up there by Scotland. Yeah, I'm confused. You know, I found out, though, they kind of stole their flag from Sicily <laughs> with the three yeah. legs. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you live far away enough, nobody noticed. So so, so all this time, you're you're lady alone singing with your guitar. Uh, yeah. When do, you, when do you pick up a band?
1: Yeah, I, I eventually, you know, had to head home... To Perth, West Australia, and I, I kept just circling open mic nights for a while, and eventually, I picked up a band. Uh, I guess around 2008, probably
5: 2007.
1: Okay. And uh, I did a couple of gigs, but then, you know, I found out I had really bad vocal cords. Like these growths on my vocal cords, and I had to stop singing immediately just as I kind of fell really in love with it. Um, So I had to take three years off singing, and and that kind of broke my heart a little, but I eventually got back to it and and made my first EP in 2010.
0: You mean you strained them when you started playing with the band, because you said earlier that you had a loud voice, but I guess you had to be even louder because of the band, and you strained it?
1: Well, I had such a loud voice that my, my chords were all already damaged okay. um, from, from talking in a certain way from when I was a child, apparently. So as soon as I started singing, and I was singing, you know, from a real bottom-of-the-gut kind of, you know, sure. place. And uh, it just exacerbated the problem very quickly. So if I had had the nodules removed, they said I would have lost... A very good portion of my range and, and it was right in the middle um, so I had to work really
0: hard to- nodules they're like kind of calluses people because I mean it's good for the fingers when you're playing guitar to get the tips tough but vocal cords you get them tough you start losing range what she's talking about highs lows it's just it's a real bad thing what, what happens people is uh, they're literally beating each other up they're hitting on each other uh, it's hard. Yeah, you can't look inside somebody's throat, but I've seen uh, little fiber cameras of this kind of action and I've had friends who's had to have these surgeries. I've heard, uh, what's his name? Like Chris was telling me uh, he had nodules the size of basketballs.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so you take three years off. Wow, now that must have been very frustrating. now yeah, I
1: was a little shitty about the whole thing, but, yeah,
0: you know, but, but I... Uh, yeah. It was worth I it. I learned a
1: lot in that time. so you know. Yeah, I was going to yeah, ask. Now, look. did you
0: uh, write songs while you were not being able to sing and still played?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't write or sing at all. Wow, like, okay. A, so, it was a total shutdown period sure, for me. Sure. Um, yeah, I learned to play a little bit of bass and joined an indie girl pop band in my hometown. And
0: But you just played bass, no singing.
1: No singing, no writing, and, and I played bass for a while, but it still hurt to be on stage because it was really a reminder of what I wanted to be doing and couldn't be doing.
0: Um, but, at but, least it, but at least it was music. I'm not trying to, like, rationalize it, but at least you still play it.
1: Yeah, I I, it, I totally agree with you, but it was, the, I guess... What I had discovered was that I, I was had this artist inside of me that needed to express itself. Yeah, and of I, course. And I think being on, I couldn't really express myself through that instrument. You know, it wasn't my outlet. So I feel I felt very, um, you know, shut down inside. So it was it was hard for me to compromise.
0: Compromise, but then but then you had patience and you you know worked it out is what it took three years
1: it took three years and i didn't i didn't do surgery because it was too tough so i just kind of you know changed a lot of things about life and did a lot of speech therapy and a lot of singing therapy and and I, I managed to get my voice back and and i think um you know it's really been a long road to sing the way that i want to sing again but i feel like it was worth it like the the worst things that can happen to you at the time can be the best things later for where you're Oh, yeah. It's,
0: it's hard to say, guess all that shit. You know, life's a journey. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm curious. So you do these d- different techniques. Your voice comes back after three years. You quit playing bass for those girls. And what, you try again. You get another band together or what, you start busking?
1: Yeah, I just try. I got a band together and went straight into the studio okay. and just recorded four songs. Okay. And then we just... How,
0: how'd you find these cats? Any of them from well, the old band? Well, Perth is a
1: very small town. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like... It's a city, but it's a small town, and, and you know...
0: Everybody knows yeah. everybody. Yeah,
1: everyone knows everybody. Yeah, I think,
0: <laughs> I think the drummer from uh, Beast of Bourbon was Perth. Yeah. Uh, was
1: that uh, James Baker? Was James Baker playing for him Or was yeah. he in the Scientists?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this guy has a band in Perth, but he... I, I, the, the guys had to come from the whole country to do the tour. You know, some are living in Melbourne. Some are in, uh, I think, Ken Salmon is up in uh, Brisbane. And East
1: Brisbane.
0: They had, yeah, they had to come to Texas, Melbourne. I know that. And I don't know. They had to come from different parts to get together.
1: No doubt. Uh,
0: but, yeah, I remember the drummer man was telling me that the music scene in Perth is pretty small. Everybody knows each other. Okay, okay. So you get this band together. Was it like a bunch of auditions or you, or you just pick people by their chemistry?
1: Oh yeah. I just kind of picked them by their chemistry and, and, and what they could play really. Yeah. And ended up being kind of more folky and old country at the time. Um, I guess because I was still finding my, my singing voice. It was, I was holding back a lot vocally. So it ended up being this, like, six-piece outfit with drums and bass and keys and guitar and and mandolin slash banjo and, you know, we, we hit the road for a couple of years. We did two EPs and hit the road around Australia for a couple of years and eventually got to the point where I wanted to work harder than everybody else that wasn't. You know, a well, home.
0: isn't it, isn't it hard torn Australia's got like five big towns with a lot of space between them. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: There's some regional places, but, you know, I just I just wanted to get out there as much as I could. Sure, sure, know.
0: sure. And so, okay, you you were more... Of course, it was your music, and you're more dedicated. And so they, they fell by the way. What, you end up coming to the U.S.?
1: Yeah, I ended up recording a full record with just... Um, guys that and girls that I knew around Australia. And then two of that, you know, with some pickup bands and then coming out to the US after that album cycle had finished. And, and I, I wrote this next record in, in Nashville a couple of years ago.
0: Wow. I mean, you have had you ever been here before?
1: Oh, yeah. I'd been coming out twice a year since like 2012. I just, I came out to Nashville that early to... To check it out. And uh, and, and that I was your first
0: really, time, right?
1: In, in 2012, okay. in, in the summer, I, I landed in Nashville and went straight out to Bonnaroo and checked out all the bands out there and um, Pretty just humor. fell in love with the city.
0: Okay, so, okay. And uh, yeah, a lot of the, I know the tour bus companies are <laughs> headquartered there. And there's, a, of course, the whole country scene. There's a lot of recording.
6: And, yeah. Uh, and
0: it is in the <laughs> middle of the country, so... As a tour base, maybe that's why a lot of tour bus companies are there, <laughs> because it is pretty central.
1: Musicians are here too, because <laughs> it's in the middle of the country.
0: That's why I'm saying you're kind of centrally located. I think actually Kansas is in the middle, but but Nashville's pretty close. And yeah. uh, d- is there any reason why you picked that town?
1: Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah.
0: I don't well, know where the other one is. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I, I was just, just making sure I'm still on track, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I uh, I was actually, I guess a three-year period that I couldn't sing. I ended up working in, on festivals um, in the artist section of all the festivals back in Perth. And, and I remember this uh, electronic dance EDM I, I guess uh, you could call it, I, I'm not really well versed in a lot of electronic music, but um, it's EDM artist Skrillex was coming through and his tour manager was from from Nashville and, and I heard his southern accent and asked where he was from and uh, he said he was from Nashville, Tennessee and he rattled off a couple of bands to check out that were from here or that were you know kicking around here and I checked them out and I was like, oh wow, I've really got to get out there and so it was just by chance that I got to speak into this guy um, about the local scene, and and I, I decided to come over. It, yeah, I guess it was the writing on the wall when I looked back, and, and I came over and fell in love with the, the town. It was kind of had all these magical things to it musically that I really wanted to be around, but it was as small as my hometown pretty much, so it was just the perfect kind of, impression I guess you could say for me to fall in love with it so quickly
0: so oh, uh a, you know. just from a, a tip from a tour manager I yeah well you
1: gotta that. take you gotta jump, you gotta jump. <laughs> no I,
0: I'm just curious just curious we're at the end yeah. of the first hour 2018 April 8 uh April 9 edition of what Peter show Ruby Boots my guest hold tight for hour two April ninth, 2018, it's the second hour of the watch from Pedro show. I am a
6: river Carrying you to deeper water Why swim upstream When you can drift down with me I am a giver I'll give you all that you need No shame in the taking Take every part of I am a mountain I'm the challenge you see Rise up to my heavens Take rest on my peace I am a
0: Pedro, show. We start off the second hour with I Am a Woman by Ruby Boots. Then Mold Omen with Ma Rainey's Infinity. Eiko Ishibashi Gorilla's is Back. Temple Street by Dirty Beaches featuring the Offset Obstacles. Seafield good. with Zhaug. And finally, Believe in Heaven by Ruby Boots. Okay, so you head out to Nashville with your guitar and. Uh, you have music, right, because you recorded that stuff, but you didn't bring any of the bandmates.
1: Oh, no.
0: So, you look for music people there in Nashville, right?
1: Yeah, it's a good town to look for music people
0: in. <laughs> yeah. First place I played there was, was a pad called Cantrells. Whoa. Some kind of noise. You rub it up on a mic? You there? Hello? Yeah. Uh, there was some weird noise. Did you rub up on the mic? Uh, That's okay. Nope. So the uh, first place I played there in town was called Cantrells, early 80s. But a guy, Bruce Fitzpatrick, and he's he's still running a pad. I think it's called uh, Exit Inn, Elliston Square. It's there by the girls' school. Vanderbilt. Used to be a not Vanderbilt. School. Used to be a girls' school. Yeah, there's a whole a music kind of section there. Exit Inn, uh, Elliston Square, these places. And there's a guy, Bruce Fitzpatrick, and he goes way back. And, uh, I love the guy. He's got like a Rod Stewart haircut, kind of faces. So, so, so what you do, you, uh, you find guys, or uh, people to put in a band?
1: Yeah, I just did the same thing as I was doing out in Australia and I found, I put a band together and just through word of mouth and people knowing people and, and, uh, my first show in Nashville, Tennessee, was uh, 2015, I believe, during the Americana Fest out here. I played a couple of shows on the east side and I put a really cooking band together and it was it was really firing. I mean, it's such a great city to be able to put four people in a room and have everyone just kick it into gear. Yeah, what
0: you have? You haven't learned the songs off the recordings that you did in Australia?
1: Yeah, back then I did. Yeah, okay. it was still working off the last record, and and uh, everyone just learned the songs, and we just managed to pull a really great set together. You know, in a couple of rehearsals, and and uh, played a bunch of shows out here, and I did New York and LA on that run as well, and it was like my introduction to touring out here at that point.
0: Yeah. So, and these guys become the people on this record.
1: On this record, uh, uh on the new record, actually. Um, there was a lot of twists and turns okay. before uh, I put the band together on this record. But the, that, the bass player I used on my first run of shows is on the record. His name's Chase McGillis. Okay. He's an incredible bass player okay. and uh, okay. a very dear friend. So it was good to have him, you know, on the journey for two or three years, yeah. I guess. Yeah. that's good.
0: But everybody else got switched out. Okay. Uh, where did you record it? Did you record it, this this record that I'm playing songs off uh in Nashville,
1: I actually did it in Dallas.
0: Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah what was the name of the studio?
1: It was called Modern Electric Sounds Recording Studio.
0: And how long did it take you?
1: Uh, including mixing, just under three weeks.
0: Wow, pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, and, and but you had been playing these songs with the guys, uh, gigs, or did you write it in the studio?
1: Well, I had read, I had spent about nine months writing the record, the songs, Okay. and then, you know, the guys got the the acoustic songs. I just kind of had them down on my phone, you know, and and sure. I said they got the songs like two days before we got into the studio.
0: Oh, okay. So they had to practice them and stuff, and arrange get the arrangements going. But you know, like we were saying, Nashville cats, yeah, the, the 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 quality. The level of quality is pretty high because competition. I know a lot of cats that come out there that playing really good. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, this song here, I'm going to play. Uh, Don't give a damn. What about that tune?
1: Uh, the tune's just a bit of a middle finger tune to, yeah. to you know, to kind of be like, for anyone that just needs to move on from a situation or has moved on, you know and and uh, might have had a few things wrong done to them, I guess, you know. I think it's it was quite a liberating tune to, to write.
0: Yeah, let's so, listen. I like it. Yeah.
6: Found somebody else. Won't be long till she's feeling like I fell. What spreads real fast in this town? Yeah, what gets around? I don't give a damn where you're at. Loving or who you kiss Even less if you're missing me right now I don't give a damn where you stay or where you go Who you screw or who you hold Who you picking up Cause I can not be-
5: chiedo Graziano di liberarmi ciò che ti affligge d'improvviso si ingrandisce tutto e geme irrompendo M'hanno comandato di grattare con le unghie la fodera del piccolo barile di fenolo capivo Graziano ma non potevo solo grattare con lui sperando nell'ordigno segreto gradisci? gli chiedo la fodera tiene duro vero? ma io non ero lì per quello era solo una copertura E butta delle spalle, lo tradisco.
0: Show, yeah, Don't Give a Damn, Ruby Boots, and then Blurring My Day, High Tides version from the High Tides, uh, Il Gazziano e La Piccola, Federa, and Fenola, from Jeremiah, uh, not a youth, Clowns with We Came to Laugh, there, there, Brighton Band, uh, Gnarly Davidson, Part 1, and It's So Cruel, Ruby Boots. <coughs> I forgot to uh, ask you about the connection with Bloodshot. So, th- how, did, how did they find out about you? Was it their idea to record in Dallas?
1: It was my idea to record in Dallas. I had actually met—I'd met, um, I'd met a, a guy that's part of a group called the Texas Gentlemen. They got a great record out called Texas Jelly, and uh, they were traveling up to Newport folk festival to back chris christopherson up as his backing band and um they were doing a warm-up show with all his uh his songs i i guess we're getting them ready for the newport folk fest and um and and they got me up to do me and bobby mcgee at a little venue here in nashville so they could do that as one of their practice songs and and we all hit it off and and Bo, my producer, Bo Bedford and I kept talking and and uh, I ended up using a lot of those guys on the record from the Texas Gentlemen. and... Um, oh, they're and,
0: actually not in the band, they just recorded with you? Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: okay. And uh, you, you mean your producer was, he actually was in this backup
1: band? Well, he, the Texas Gentlemen are a band in... In their own right. And yeah, they, yeah, like, I
0: understand. But for this situation, they were going to uh, back up Chris Christopherson, so they were yeah, doing his tunes and yeah. getting them ready, yeah. And yeah, the producer kind of like man the was in this band? Text. Hello?
1: I'm,
0: yeah, I'm asking. This guy, uh, Bo, he was yeah. in the Texas Gentleman? Yeah, he okay, was, he's okay. like one of the guys in the Texas Gentleman. So it just Gentleman. happened that, okay, so another kind of chance thing.
1: It was. It was, like, all very kismet, I guess, you know, yeah. and, and then I bumped into him in the street another time in Nashville. who was passing through, and we kept talking, and we just kept vibing, and, and it happened very organically, and then I sent him some songs, and we just moved forward from there. I guess it was really good to connect personally and then on, on the music as well, you know. Well,
0: you, you mean, what about the connect with Chicago and Bloodshot? The Bloodshot
1: guys... Once we made the record, I had I had sent them the record, and uh, they all got back and said that they really loved it. So again, it was really based around the music, and and they're all huge music loving people up in that. Oh
0: so, yeah, yeah. I play I play a lot of their music. Barrett's Whitfield. I mean, uh, put a lot a lot of good stuff. John from uh, the Mekons. Uh John
1: Langford. Yeah,
0: yeah. And another. I guess originally he was well I've had him on the show. Interesting guy. I, you know, I'm an old Baycons fan, and uh, he's he's put out kind of country influence, I guess. Waco Brothers and
1: Waco Brothers, right,
0: yeah. right. And uh, but uh, of course, it's his own style. But Bloodshot Records, I, yeah, they, I like a lot of their stuff. So I, I'm I'm always asking him what did, what he got out, and, and that's where I got turned on to you. So yeah. so you didn't have them in mind really you just had the record in mind and then once it was done kind of shopped it or something
1: yeah I mean I didn't really send it out to a whole lot of people to be okay. honest maybe just a couple and and uh, we just got a really quick response from them in a sense and and um, I end up flying out I was in Australia for a bit just doing a t- couple of tours out there and and I ended up flying back here in May So I could go and play show up in Chicago so that we could meet them all. And and it just kind of hit the ground running with it. You know, it was uh, one of those things that everything just seemed to fit really well. Um, And I I really like them all as as people as well. And I think it's it's really important for everyone when you're going to be spending a lot of years working together on, you know, something that you consider, you, you know, that comes from the depths of your soul, I guess. Yeah, it's you know, handing it over to someone—it's sure. like really important that you all like each other a lot. So uh, that—that's kind of what we met in Chicago and and spent some time together, and and they could see that I could play live, and 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 we just pushed forward from there, and it's been a really great experience, actually.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. Well, uh, yeah. we're at the end of the second hour, April 9th, two thousand eighteen, Dishawap Peter Show, special guest Ruby Boots. Hold tight for hour three. April 9th, 2018, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show. Our show start off the third hour with uh, Don't Talk About It, Ruby Boots. You want to talk about it?
1: We can We can give it a go. <laughs> well, go ahead. Well, uh, where do you want me to start? You want me to start with the... Well, the
0: tune, the... Don't Talk
1: <laughs> oh, You know, I'm some people, look,
0: look, Ruby Boots, sometimes people don't like to talk. They say, that's why I made a song. So I understand if you don't want to talk about it
1: that it's the title track on the song so all of yeah. a sudden I thought I was talking about the album and not the song And I just It could be
0: both, stopped. it could be everything, it could be how yeah. stupid I
1: am Yeah, how long you got, <laughs> but the song um, yeah, the song started with um an idea in mind where you know, and there's some things that you, you you have around you that kind of come into your life yeah. that you, you know they're not so great for you and and they can really cause you some pain and and you just decide to, to, to not think about them and, and move on. And that's one way of dealing with it. But sometimes it really just does come to bite you in the ass and catch up with you if you haven't really processed it. It'll come out in other ways as such. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the, the premise of, of the inspiration for that song. Yeah, yeah,
0: I've had, yeah, things aren't so neat and tidy.
1: Yeah, they never are. It's That's a right. glorious mess that we can Right, especially
0: one. if they're left to fester. Yes, exactly. Okay. Then we exactly. heard Boris doing an Angel, uh, Hard Girls with the Cord, Round Eye with Streetlight B, Chinese Herbal Medicine with All We Know. Uh, I'm going to play this song, Infatuation. It's kind of self-evident, huh? Well,
1: you think that, maybe, but it's... It's kind of actually about. It, I mean, it, it leads leans one way to be self evident, but it's actually based on. I, I had a couple of stalkers back at home that just would not let up. You know, just oh, man. people that had come to shows or, yeah. you know, I used to run a very popular night on a Thursday night by the coast out at out at a, in W Western Australia, and and so my number would be plastered all over the walls of the venue, and I, and I ended up, yeah acquiring about three stalkers consecutive stalkers so uh you know it, there was a lot of inspiration drawn from
0: that so it's their infatuations yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like a plague
6: <laughs> well let's yeah. listen to
0: it Pedro Show. Yeah. Last music for this uh, edition and uh, we started off with Infatuation from Ruby Boots. Then out of Houston with um, the My Dolls, a band from the old days that just got back together. Don't fucking die. Wharton Tears Ensemble. Border Patrol. Noon A with Enter Here and finally I'll make it through. Ruby Boots. I thought that was such an optimistic and uh, happening a spirit in that, you know. For me, hearing it uh, made me want to make an album. Oh
6: <laughs> wow! Was, yeah,
0: you know, as a as a peer, like you used that term earlier. Yeah, it was like, wow, she wrote that. I should write some. I like when music does that to me. Uh, you wrote this record for these cats you just met over here. Uh, of course, you, you wrote it for yourself too. But it was kind of like what, like that like chapter one in your U.S. music experience. Uh, you're going to go on the road now, right?
1: I have, yeah, it, definitely first chapter moving into second chapter. Okay. We got a lot of dates coming up, so uh, right. So late- you're,
0: not, you're not even thinking about writing a second record yet.
1: Well, it does come into my head every now and again, like you said. Actually, just that when, just when you said when music kind of. Pulls this, pushes this little button and you mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I really want to write a song. Something, yeah. something does something to you, you know. So yeah. every now and again that's coming up but it's a bit tricky at, at the moment. i got to focus on the shows for sure. Yeah,
0: I found that touring is just so much of a 100% thing. It's hard to fit in songwriting.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's hard to fit in breakfast, man. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, but you, for sure, it's probably going to be a, a whole different trip when you when you get to it. Uh, yeah. th- w- where can people find you on the internet?
1: Oh, uh, I have a website, and I'm I'm all over the internet. Okay, well, but...
0: well tell them uh, uh, the URL.
1: Okay, my URL is www.rubybootsmusic.com. com.
0: That's r u b y b o o t s m u s i c com. Yeah, Yeah. so people, you can go there and find out your your gigs, uh, all kinds of infos on you, more than the uh, idiot Watt that could uh, get out in the, the, this uh, spiel interview.
2: Uh-huh. Although, uh,
0: a very interesting story, and, uh, you know, to learn guitar in a boat and end up in Nashville, uh, ready to tour a new album, That that's so bitchin'. I, I much respect to you. Uh, I, I, I ask a lot of people this that I have on the show uh, if they meet younger people or even people their own age or even older and they want advice what what is your journey through music uh, taught you that you might be able to hand off to someone?
1: I feel like the most important thing for me was to to just enjoy a slow road you know I think when you're always thinking about the next thing you're actually missing out on what's going on in front of you and like you, you've got to work your ass off and you've got to enjoy a slow road. And I think those two things combined and cause you've got to really love what you do. And, and I think those two things combined, it's all focused in the work and the journey. And,
0: so, and, uh, enjoy the slow ride in, in a way you're saying have
1: patience. Yeah. I mean, don't always be thinking of the next thing. There's something, there's always something in front of you that's happening, but there's always something that you want a little more, I guess. And it's, if you're not looking at the thing that's in front of you that's happening, you, you're missing out on enjoying your own journey, you know, and everyone's the journey present.
0: You're saying you know? be present in the present.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we all run different races and and, sure. and you just got to enjoy your own race and, and make and understand that, that yours is yours and someone else's is someone else's and enjoy the journey and work your ass off while you're doing it, you know, because there's no, no room for uh, sitting on your hands. You
0: know, and in, in your. Your life of music has taught you that. There's a... I did forget to ask you influences.
1: Yeah, a I couple mean, couple people.
0: Oh, well, the waves, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, the early influences, uh, you know, really vary from Janis Joplin to Bob Dylan to Nirvana to, you know, like, just different... Um, that grunge period. But I guess, you know, around this record, I... I really turned to songwriters that could straddle this rock and roll world but wasn't completely strapped to it, you know, um, which is what I wanted to do with the record. I just wanted to be able to do whatever I wanted on the record if I liked yeah. the song. You know, you know so at like,
0: the end of the day, music's music, right?
1: Exactly, exactly, And and... I just never really responded to wanting to be called a, a a certain artist, like an old country artist or a rock and roll artist. Or a, but it just doesn't suit my personality and my whole life that I've lived. So I just look to people like Lucinda Williams or Tom Petty oh, or, yeah, yeah. you know, anyone who's just done whatever the hell they wanted. And sure. as long as they felt that they were making good music and writing good songs and, you Let the you know.
0: flag fly.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. you
0: got it. I love that spirit. River yeah. Boots, I wish you the best. Uh, safe seas and keep the keel in the water. And when this next yeah. record comes out, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, you bet. Okay. <laughs> again,
0: People, it's been the April 9th, 2018
6: edition of Wife for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.